I believe, as I just sat there, you know what ministry is? Ministry is our expression back to God for being overwhelmed by his love. We minister as our expression. We don't see God. So how do we show our love to God? By our love for others and our ministry to others. Ministry is our expression of thanks to God for being overwhelmed by his love. And by the way, that's got to be the motivation. The motivation has to be God's love for us and what God's done to us will be our response. Now, before we get started, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. But I do have a, a special presentation. Is Miss Anna Gregory with us today? Is Miss Anna Gregory with us today? Miss Gregory, come on down. I got something for you. Now, I have to tell you something, uh, Miss Gregory. You kind of represent all of the single staff ladies, okay? Uh, you're kind of representing all of them today, but I've got something for you. And uh, I, I, you say, well, why'd you pick Miss Gregory? Well, you know, I could have piss, uh, picked uh, Miss Chadwick, and, and I really thought about picking Miss Chadwick. Come on up here, Miss Gregory. I thought about picking Miss Chadwick, but you know that I thought, wait a second, she gets to teach all these media classes. Everyone loves those. You get to teach English. Nobody likes those. So, so I've got something for you. I got some flowers for you, but <laughs> I, I, I got to, we got a little bit of flowers here and stuff. I have two roses and, and Miss Gregory, we really appreciate it. We really like you but you only get one rose, okay? So you've got, I thought, you know what? Instead of me picking which rose to keep, I thought I would allow you to pick which rose to keep with the rest of the flowers. So you got two roses there. Which one do you want and which one do you not want? I want this one, I don't want this one. Okay, you want this one, you don't want this one. Okay, all right, let's see. This is the one you want, huh? Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to give you that right now because I know you've given your life and your ministry to these young people, to these college students. So I thought it would only be right. That this is the one you picked. I thought it would only be right for them to experience what you've received. So, Miss Gregory... If you'd go have a seat, we'll give you your flowers at the end, okay? We'll give you your flower at the end. You can go have a seat. This is the one you picked now, right? Okay, so I want West Coast Baptist College to experience Miss Gregory's Rose. TJ, how about it? Doesn't it smell good? You want to feel it? Yeah, look at that. Yeah, it's, that's quite the rose, huh? Now, I'm really disappointed that this many people sit way back here in chapel, but for today's purpose, it may work good. So here's what I want you all to do. I want you to experience and enjoy Miss Gregory's rose. So just pass it up and down the aisles and maybe someone can get up and move it to another section. But I want, I just want you to enjoy Miss Gregory. No, wait, wait, you're just smelling it. You got to touch the rose. You got to, yeah, there you go, Sky. And then you, you got you to pass it down and then someone else can touch it and feel it. I got a little bit of Miss Gregory's rose here, little petals. You know, I did a wedding once. I did a wedding once. 
And uh, he was a young man in my youth group, married a girl. And uh, she did something during their courtship, during their dating time. Every time he gave roses, he didn't know this. Every time he gave roses, she kept the roses. On the day of the wedding, they took the petals from all the roses he had given. And that's what the, the little flower girl put down on the way down that she walked on was all the roses. It was really cool. I was like, I was in tears, man. I thought that was really cool. Okay, obviously you don't. All right, so 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is cool for everyone. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 19. The Bible says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and of some to honor, and to some to dishonor. If a man therefore, everyone together, what's the next word? If a man therefore purge, cleanse, pure. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto everyone together. Because this is what this is what this whole little series was about. A vessel unto honor. That's what it's all about. We want you to be a vessel unto honor because there's a reason. Sanctified, because here it is. If you're a vessel unto honor, separated, sanctified, set apart, and meet for the master's use, you'll be profitable for ministry. God will use you. You'll be his leatherman. God will use you. Meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Hey, listen, college students. Flee also youthful lust. Follow and follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a, everyone together, what's the next word? Pure heart. Wow. There's a really great beatitude. Oh, they're all great. I know every one of them's great. But I'm telling you, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I'm going to go add to that. They're going to be used by God. If you want to, vest, if you want to be a vessel unto honor, if you want to be meat for the master's use, you have got to get the right priorities. There's just no doubt about it. And you have three priorities in ministry. There's three things you got to keep number one. They are the big rocks in the jar. Those are your roles. You have got to keep your roles priority. You need to list them, learn them, and love them. You have to have the right attitude. And your attitude is based upon what we just heard sung. Unconditional love. You're overwhelmed by his love. How can you not have the right attitude if you are overwhelmed and you know you don't deserve it? That unconditional love will give you the right attitude. Then it will have an uncontrollable joy. It will just bubble over because you have this, you understand this unconditional love and that attitude 
When it's all done, you'll say, that was God's unspeakable grace. That was not me. That was God who did that. Wednesday night, we talked about the prize. And I know many of you were not here, but there are two prizes to the ministry, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And your prize in ministry is influence in the lives of others. What an opportunity. If you would have told me that at 64, almost 65 years of age, I would still be preaching to teenagers, and you were to tell me, when I started out ministry as a youth pastor, you would have said, hey Jim, when you get to be 64 years old, you will have more favor and freedom with teenagers than you do right now at 22. I would have laughed at you and said, that's an impossibility. But I stand before you today and I will tell you, never in my 43 years of ministry have I had greater favor and greater freedom with teenagers than I have right now. And it's a God thing. I mean, why would anyone want to listen to an old fat white guy with a terrible voice when you're 16 years old? And yet I have more favor right now with young people. And I know that's of God. I know that's not of me. And I I just want to tell you, influence is just like the coolest thing in the world. But there is one thing that even trumps your influence. And that's intimacy with Christ. In ministry, there is a walk, a fellowship, a relationship that you experience in Christ that you don't get anything else. As as important it is in your ministry to have your priorities right, as important in your ministry is to keep the prize before you. I'm going to tell you, there is nothing that is more important in your ministry than your purity. Your purity and you being right with God and that purity in your heart. Now, let me tell you, the God of the New Testament is the same God of the Old Testament. And God is a holy God. There is an entire book of the Bible given to the holiness of God. It is the book of Leviticus. And that entire book of Leviticus, I just finished about a month ago, finished reading that in my devotions, chapter, a chapter a day. And if there's one thing you get from the book of Leviticus, you better do this right. You better approach them right. You better make sure you have salt in all the offerings. And you better make sure you do this. And you better make sure you do this. And you, better, and you know why? Because you're not coming to God any other way because he is a holy God. You say, well, we don't live under all that ceremonial stuff. You know, we don't. Christ tore that all down. But he's still holy. And you will not be used for the ministry if you're not a holy vessel. That doesn't mean he doesn't love you. That doesn't mean you're not his child. We are not talking about your relationship with God. We're talking about your fellowship with God. And I will tell you, that fellowship and that use is absolutely dependent upon your purity. And absolutely, it says it right here. What is the difference between a vessel unto honor and a vessel unto dishonor? The difference is the one is sanctified, the one is holy, the one is pure. It has been purged. Father, I pray today as we look at the negatives, I pray it will not spend much time on the negatives, but that everyone here would understand the negatives of impurity. 
And then, Father, I pray as we talk about the positives and some principles to live by, that that is, Lord, what we will leave chapter chapel with. Father, I do think it's important for them to hear the negatives. I think that's why you put them in the scriptures. So I pray that I'll handle them right and quickly. But dear God, may we see the positives of living a pure life. And then, Lord, may they grab a hold and may the seeds of the principles really get into some hearts. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And God's children said, amen. Okay, so here we go. We're going to talk about, first of all, the negatives of impurity. Matter of fact, I, I titled the first point, The Negatives Impurity Invites. The Negatives Impurity Invites. And there's three. I'll give them to you right now. Fear, flat, forgotten. Okay, so there's three negatives of living impure. Number one is fear. When you have impurity in your life, you are always living in fear. There is a guilt because of what you looked at last night. There is a guilt because of what you cheated on, the, on a test. And there is, whatever it is that you've, you've allowed impurity in your life, there is fear. I'll give you a great illustration of that in the Bible. They conquered Jericho, and Israel's like, man, we got this. And they go to a little place called Ai, and they are defeated. And Joshua and the men, warriors of Israel, are scared to death. And they go, they just had a victory in Jericho. Doesn't matter. Their defeat in Ai brought them fear. Oh no, would to God we never came across the Jordan. What, I mean, Joshua's scared to death. And I'm gonna tell you, if you have impurity in your life, you are living in fear. Because you go like, what's going to happen? Is anyone ever going to find out what, what, what's been on my telephone? Is, is anyone ever going to find out about what I took from, from the SLC? Is anyone ever going to find out what, what me and her did in, in, in the backyard? And you live in constant fear. If you're going to have impurity in your life, then you better be know that you're going to have a companion with you as long as you have that impurity. And that companion will be fear. And I put a slash next to fear and put the word guilt. And what happened to Adam and Eve in that garden after they sinned? As soon as impurity finally entered into the human race, as soon as impurity came in, what is the first result? They were scared. And some of you are living your entire Christian life off fear, and you're blaming it on the legalistic rules of West Coast. That is not it. Your problem isn't any policy here. Your problem is you got impurity in your life. And because you have impurity, you think, oh, this place, all they do is operate off of fear. No, they don't. They don't operate. I've been here for nine years. The operational mode here is not fear. If you've got fear, it's probably because you have impurity in your life. And there's guilt because of that. Don't be calling some group legalistic and all that because you're living an impure life. Let me tell you, when you have impurity, there will always be fear. Number two, you'll be flat. You'll be flat. What do you mean, Brother Shelley, you just had to have another word that started with F so you could be like Dr. Getch. No, 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 no. No one will ever be like Dr. Getch in alliteration. But I'll tell you, flat's a great word. I have with me some tennis balls here. 
when I used to play tennis, the knees now, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. You want to know my favorite sound? It was getting out on a tennis court early in the morning and getting out, just seeing your friend and open up a can of tennis ball. I just love that. I just love that sound. Brother Scheller, do you know something? What's that? Do you realize what you just did? Yeah, I just opened a can of tennis balls. Yeah, well, you know, those tennis balls will never be the same again. Are you planning on playing today? No. May not ever play again in my life. Well, can I tell you about your tennis balls? And what's that? They're going to be, everyone together, they're going to be what? Yeah. You give it about a week or so, and I'll tell you, there isn't anything worse than playing tennis with balls that are flat. They were in a vacuum. They were pure. And now they're going to get ruined and probably never be used. I don't know. Maybe someone will take them afterwards and play with them. I don't know. But I got to tell you what. These will now go. They won't have the bounce. They'll, they'll become flat. Now, I've heard this man give hundreds of illustrations. Every one of them are just amazing. But I tell you the one that has always stuck with me. He's given it only twice in the nine years I was here. But I'll tell you the illustration that has always stuck with me was the one that he was at a ministry. And the ministry, he didn't use this word, but I'm going to use this word. That week was flat. And the reason why that week was flat, he thought for sure it was the church. He thought for sure it was the pastor. He He thought for sure something was going on with the people in that church. The problem wasn't with the church or the pastor. The problem was with Dr. Getch. There was something back in his college days. Did you, did you cheat? Did you, was that what you did? Dr. Getch cheated on, I know that's hard for us to admit, but Dr. Getch, you know what? He sins just like us, doesn't he? And he needs to be pure just like us. Let me tell you something. I've never forgotten this. That meeting was flat. Because God had revealed something to Dr. Getch that he had to get right. And I want to tell you, you want to be flat in your ministry? And what? here's another great one. So first of all, we got impurity in our life. So we blame it on this legalistic rules and all that, which aren't legalism at all. But it's all that. And then number two, I'll tell you what else we do. We think we got to do all these things like the world to get things going. No, we just need to be right with God. And we're flat. Our ministries are flat. And I'll tell you why they're flat. There's no, and we'll talk about the power in just a minute. But they're flat because there's impurity in our life. That bus ministry, you're trying to think up new ways to get kids excited on the bus ministry. Why don't you try purity? Because right now it's flat. Because you've got impurity in your life. And let me give you the third negative. And I got to get going. I got to get going. Number three is forgotten. Um, last night we did something to the food service. Marilyn and I felt kind of bad about. We did not mention to Zach ahead of time that we had to get all those gold chargers. Didn't those chargers look nice on the table? Those gold, man, those are just, just sets it off, you know? And, uh, but they all had to be washed. And, and we forgot to tell the food service, hey, before we put these chargers away, we gotta have those washed off. 
Can you imagine the next banquet to use the chargers? They don't wash them off like, gee, what's all this stuff on here? That's tri-tip from three years ago here. <laughs> you know, hey, that's mashed potatoes from three years ago when we did it. Yeah, no, 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 no. We have to wash those all off. Because if you don't, those chargers will never be used again. They will be forgotten. And I want to tell you something. I'm not saying you're not spending eternity in heaven. I'm not saying you're not a child of God. I am going to tell you this. In the area of ministry, if you have impurity in your life, you will be forgotten. And I travel all across America. And I come across people I went to college with, people that I ministered in 34, five years of college ministry that have been forgotten in ministry because of impurity in their life. Notice, I'm gonna say this again, and I know I can be a little sensational in my speaking. Notice the illustration that I gave of all the illustrations, I've heard it from Dr. Getch. I'm just telling you, the one that impacted my life the most, I will never forget that. Let me tell you another story. This is probably one of the most impactful moments of my life. About four years ago, I was up in Rockford, Illinois, speaking at North Love. And they said they would like to have me go over to the RU program and speak to the women and then speak to the men. So I went and spoke to the women, gave them a little charge, and I went over to the men. The men, we didn't get there till about nine o'clock at night, but they were waiting for me. When we came into the RU, Reformers Unanimous, addiction program, when we came in, there were probably 60 to 70 men that were in the rotunda, I guess, waiting for me. I got in, got my Bible, and I'm starting to look at the men. And two guys are extremely familiar looking. I'm looking at this one young man and I'm going, man, do I know you? I cannot come up with a name, but I know you. And I'm looking at another guy and I'm going, I know who exactly who you are. You're Josh Duggar. You're one of the Duggar kids. I know the Duggars very well. And I get up and I speak. And after that meeting, the one young man comes over to me and he says, Dr. Shuttler, do you recognize me? I said, I do. I cannot come up with a name and I cannot remember where. He said, Dr. Shuttler, I'm a graduate of West Coast Baptist College. I said, yeah. I said, you sat on the front row. Every one of your classes, Dr. Shetler. Every one of your classes, Dr. Shetler. I said, wow. He gave me his name. I said, what are you doing here? Pornography. I was watching it when I was a West Coast student. I thought when I got in ministry, I would be able to overcome it. I thought after I got married, I would be able to overcome it. I couldn't. I'm addicted to pornography. It started when I was a teenager. I thought getting in ministry would handle it. It didn't. I thought getting married would handle it. It didn't. I went, wow, you were a student sitting on my front row of nine of my classes. 
What are you doing and are you forgotten? After I had that conversation, I go down the hallway because I know him. And I go in Josh Duggar's room and I say, hey, what in the world are you doing? He said, Brother Schottler, it's a long story. Well, I'm here. What's going on? Forgotten. Hey, I want to tell you something. There are three negatives to impurity. There will be a fear. You will be flat. And you will be forgotten. I did not say you're not going to heaven. I did not say you're not his child. But I'm telling you, while you're living impure, God can remake again a vessel. Whoa. As seemed good to the potter to make it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, guys, nobody in this room believes more in restoration. <laughs> because if I didn't believe in that, I wouldn't be in ministry. But I am going to tell you something. If you are living in purity, there are three negatives. You will live constantly in fear. You will be flat and you will be forgotten for being used in the master's use. Now, I want to give you three positives because this is what I really wanted to preach today. And let me give you the three positives really quickly. Number one, God's power. Number two, God's peace. And number three, God's presence. God's power comes. Now, take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of John because we're going to be there for two passages here. John chapter 15, and I'm going to go ahead and start reading God's power. I, I am the true vine, verse number one, John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges, he cleanses, he makes purified, it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean, there's that word again, pure, purified, through the word which is such an important thing, which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And everybody, if you, I hope you got your scriptures open. Would you end the verse with me? I'll, I'll lead in. I'll give you a little runway here. Help me out with the end of the verse. Uh, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much food. Every, everyone together for. Okay. How do you get the power of God in your ministry? By being pure. Because he purges you, and when he purges you, he produces the fruit of your ministry. Purity equals power. There is no other way to say it. And I'm telling you something. If you think you're going to be able to handle impure things and still have that power of God, it's not going to happen. I took a trip up to the British Columbia years ago. Marilee and I and 40 other people in ministry, we took a trip to the Canadian Rockies. 
I remember one day we drove along a river called the Roberson River. I don't know any Canadians here or if you've ever visited. Has anyone ever seen or been along the Robert? I see a couple hands. It is one of the most, and I have been everywhere, guys. I have been everywhere. It is one of the most beautiful uh, rivers that goes like an aqua blue ribbon through the mountains of British Columbia. Well, we followed it for about 100 miles. We stopped a couple times. I don't know if you've ever seen my Moses rod before. I got my Moses rod out of the Robertson River. We stopped for a break, and that's when I picked up my Moses rod. I don't know why Moses' rod got all the way to British Columbia, but it was, and I got it. And, and, and it was, it's just the most beautiful river. Then we came for, for about five miles or so, we didn't see the river, and we could tell we were climbing. Then we pulled out, out on a, on a, a scenic a view ploy, a vista, and we all got out, and it was huge. It was the Columbia River. Now, the Columbia River looked like those seats. It was a caramel color brown, but this was the thing I'll never forget. As you saw this huge Columbia River flowing down out to the Pacific, the beautiful blue Robertson River was flowing into it. And we know what happened, don't we? When the beautiful blue Robertson River flowed into that caramel brown color Columbia River, we know what happened. The Columbia River from that point turns crystal blue, right? Right? It's just gorgeous. No. The Robertson River is no longer beautiful. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, but it's pure water. It's, it's beauty. It is. But now it's contaminated. And I want to tell you something. The power of God rest in your purity. If you want God's hand of blessing on your ministry, man, I got to tell you, you got to stay pure. You can do nothing without God. To have his power is absolutely synonymous with purity. Number two is God's peace. Oh, this is so good, guys. This is so good. God's peace. There, when you are pure, and you're living right. That doesn't mean perfect. By the way, let's stop for a minute. This is a very important point. There is a difference between perfection and purity. And everyone said, amen. okay, we need a better amen there because this is a huge point. There is a difference between purity and perfection. Amen. Guys, that is very important. Brother Shetler is not preaching sinless perfection today. But I am saying you need to be living a pure life. Brother Shetler, do you struggle? Yes. Brother Shetler, are you ever impure in your mind? Yes. I'm going to tell you some things in just a moment. On how to, but I am going to tell you, you need to be living a pure life. And when you are living that pure life, there is peace. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you are pure, when God, through his word and through his blood, pure, uh, clear, uh, uh, cleanses you from your sin, that purity, one of the very first results of that purity in your life is peace. Some of you are so anxious. 
Some of you are so stressed out. Some of you have no rest at all in God. You do not have peace at all. I'm going to tell you, you got stuff going on. It doesn't always have to do with moral things. It could be bitterness. It could be unforgiveness. It could be pride. Pride is an impure thing that will just destroy the carburetor. I'm telling you, you get a little grain of pride in a carburetor, the engine ain't running right. So I'm not just talking about pornography today. You put any sin in, there will not be peace. But if you're pure, there is a power in your ministry that is, it's a God thing. It isn't you. There is a peace that when you're right with God and you have that purity in your heart, there is such a peace. And then number three, I love this, is God's presence. Now you're in, you're in John 15. Just turn back two chapters, John 13. And listen to this. Oh man. Listen to this. John 13, verse five. After that, he poureth water into a basin. And began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, Hey, what I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, No, 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 thou shalt not wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no, everyone together, what's the next word? We have no, we have no relationship, bud. If I wash thee not, thou hast no portion with me. You have no part with me. We are not fellowshipping. Simon Peter then saith unto him, well then Lord, not my feet only, oh this is so good guys, but also my hands and my head, because I definitely want relations with. Jesus saith unto him, he that is washed needeth not, save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. Okay, now hear this. So every time you look at pornography, you don't have to get saved again. You need to get washed again. So every time you do something wrong and you lie and you cheat, and you do something wrong. Man, I don't know if I'm saved. No, your problem isn't salvation, it's sanctification. You need to get right with God. You need to get your hands washed. Now listen, don't ever get to a point in your Christian life that you're not washing your spiritual hands every day, every hour. There is no verse in the Bible that I am closer to than 1 John 1, 9. How about you? And this is it, ministry. This is what this was all about. The priest comes in to the temple in the morning. He's getting ready for his duties. He's got to put some new showbread in the holy place. Before he goes in to serve, before he goes in to minister, he goes over to the laver. The laver is perfectly still. It is a reflection pool. And the priest can see his face and look at his hands and he washes his face. He washes his hands before he goes into ministry. How many times on a Saturday afternoon 
preparing the message for God's people tomorrow. God brought to mind something. I need to call Mrs. Tatum. I didn't handle that right. I need to get my staff member in. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't talk right. I'm going to tell you something. How many times in my ministry life, before I got up to preach, God showed me something that I had to get taken care of before I was going to get his touch, his presence. And whenever in 43 years of ministry, I have ever gotten anything right with God and somebody else, there is a presence of God that just overwhelms you. That just say, God, I was really embarrassed. That was so hard to do. But God, I am so glad I did it. Let me tell you about ministry. Yeah, ministry is all about priorities, man. You got to get the right priorities. You got to keep that prize before you. But I'm going to tell you, you have got to stay pure. There, that purity is what gives you your power. It gives you your peace. It gives you your presence in God. Okay. Miss Gregory, come on up here real quick, will you? Who's got her rose? Would you bring me her rose? Who's got that rose? Who's got that? Oh, that don't look that bad. Well, you guys did terrible. <laughs> Messed up my whole illustration. Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Gregory. <laughs> Well, it definitely has had its, its better days. But let me ask you something. You picked this one. I did. And this one hasn't been touched or anything that's in there. Which one would you like now? You know, probably this one. But why? Because this doesn't look that bad, actually. With germs. Germs? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how badly I'd love to give you a hug right now. That was like, thank you. <laughs> Okay, it's got germs all over it, doesn't it? Probably there are people that, you know, who knows what with this. Okay, they kept it pretty well intact. It's not bad. But you know what? You take this one. You know what? You take in this one. This was not the one you picked, but it's the one that doesn't have germs on it now. Okay, so if you don't want germs on your life, you need to be set apart. Okay, so Anna, we want to give you these, Miss Gregory, the flowers. And give us, give her a hand. And thank you for saving my illustration. Okay, so what was supposed to happen was it was supposed to look like this at the end. But you guys are too, this is just too nice a student body, all right? But young people, honestly, if you're going to be meat for the master's use, you can't have germs all over you by everybody else. You do have to keep yourself pure. You got to keep yourself sanctified. And let me encourage you that purity is so important. Now, I know it's late. But I'm just gonna mention these. I'd go. I, I tell you what. I'll be guilty the rest of my life. I know I'll be guilty because I went over. But I'll be guilty the rest of my life if I do not give you these. Number one, honesty breaks the power of secrecy. Some of you need to get honest about your impurity. You need to get under some accountability, and you need to humble yourself. Honesty breaks the power of secrecy. Some of you need to leave this chapel and say, "Dear God, I need to tell somebody." I've done something, I've, I, I, you know, I cheated, I lied, I stole. There's something in my life that's not right. 
I am addicted, man. I'm going to be an RU if I don't get something taken care of. Honesty breaks the power of secrecy. Number two, every purity decision is about loving God or loving your flesh. Uh, it was about a year ago in chapel, we had a guy come in. I do not know his name. He was a young man who preached. And he said, and I, I'm telling you, it stuck with me. It, it, it is one of those little transform, transforming truths. Every time you sin, you sin because you love, you love you more than you love God. And that, man, that was so helpful to me. Every purity decision is about either loving God or loving your flesh. If you look at it, you loved you more than you love God. Don't be going around, you know, I just love God. Not if you're living impure, you know. Every, every decision about impurity, every decision about purity is either a decision of loving God or loving your flesh. Number three, the way to escape is time sensitive. The way to escape is time sensitive. I cannot stress this enough. You have a very short window. Some of you have heard my message on victory and you know how fast you got to take your thought life. Matter of fact, let's just all say it together. You have how much time to take your thought into captivity? Anyone remember? four seconds. I, this is a huge point. The way to escape is time sensitive. You have got to deal with your thought when it comes in. You've got to deal with it immediately, that impure thought. And number four, I do not have to be a victim, but I can be a victor. God did not call me to impurity. God called me to be a vessel unto honor. And by God's grace and for God's glory, I may fall. I may trip and stumble. But dear God, know this. I want to be pure. And God, I understand that priorities. I understand my prize. But Lord, there's nothing I need more than I need purity in my life for his power, for his uh, presence, and for his peace. Everywhere I go, when I travel now, at least one person, and usually it's a half dozen. Brother Shuttler, Pastor Shuttler, because a lot of people know me as that. Pastor Shuttler, Brother Shuttler, Jim, Dr. Shuttler, what can I pray for you about? And do you know what I say? Everywhere I travel. Hey, would you pray for two things? Pray for my priorities and pray for my purity. There isn't anything that I want you to pray for me more than that Jim Shetler will keep the right priorities where I go and speak and what I do in a day and that I will keep here. College students, let's stay together. Let's be vessels. I want so bad to be meat for the master's use. And I know you too. I know you do. You wouldn't be in this room right now if you didn't want that. Guys, I'll tell you how you stay meat for the master's use. Get the right priorities. Keep the prize in front of you and stay pure. And God will help you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, I ask this morning that these college students would make a commitment today about purity. That they wouldn't be ashamed about who sees them come forward. And Lord, who knows what the impurity is. That God, that we would humble ourselves and say, dear God, I got to have your power. I got to have your peace. And oh, Lord, I want your presence in my life. God, I'm making a commitment to purity today. 
God, I've heard some things that can help me. I need the Holy Spirit. I cannot do this. I'm your child, though. God, may I live like the child that you call me. God, may I be pure. Father, I want to be holy because you are holy. And in Christ, I have his righteousness. I have everything I need in the Holy Spirit. But dear God, I got to see myself. Lord, may I see myself pure today and not dirty. Whatever I need to confess, I confess. 